the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And wherever books are sold. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is underway at eight minutes past ten o'clock on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday, the twenty seventh morning of the eleventh month of the year of our Lord twenty eighteen. Want to dive right into our conversation now, as promised, with Daniel Horowitz, senior editor at Conservative Review. You can see him on CRTV, and you should read his book, How to Stop uh, Stolen Sovereignty: How to Stop Unelected Judges from Transforming America. Daniel, good morning, my friend. How are you? Hey, good morning. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I did indeed, and I wish you the same. Thank you so much, Daniel. Daniel, two major issues that I really want to discuss with you this morning. Number one, uh, I want to talk about the caravan. I want to talk about what is being said down on the border and the lies that are being perpetrated by the American left, suggesting that the Border Patrol are the evil entities working on behalf of the sadistic Donald Trump and attacking women and children for sport. Uh, And number two, I want to talk to you about President Trump's feud with Chief Justice Justice John Roberts late last week as John Roberts declared that there are no such thing as Obama judges and Trump judges, a uh, line that I know you disagree with, and it plays right into your book, Stolen Sovereignty. But let's start with the caravan, Daniel. Um, the, the, you know, we, we knew this was going to happen. Uh, you know, I'm just surprised that they only did it with 500. One of the uh, embedded reporters that are with that caravan down there in Tijuana and south of that um, has uh, talked to other members who say we're waiting until we get all 5,000 strong and then we're going to rush the border and they won't be able to stop us. Now, I don't know if that's just talk or if that's just for TV or if that's what they are planning, but how on earth can anybody, even on CNN or MSNBC or in the New York Times, see this as anything other than the invasion it is? Uh, because we're like frogs in a boiling pot of water, Bob. I mean, that that's what it is. This has happened over the last 20 years. We've become desensitized. Somehow we only think that a military operation and military tax, tactics are only appropriate um, for 
Kabul or Baghdad or Mogadishu urban renewal projects to referee Islamic civil wars. By the way, we lost another three soldiers in Afghanistan doing God knows what. Um, And we don't treat our own border with the respect that we treat phantom nation states borders. And and that's the problem. Um, The reality is it's been uh, too subtle, but an invasion nonetheless the last number of years. Every single day we have the equivalent of of about 1,500 coming over being caught, roughly another 1,500 not being caught. Uh, They have flooded our communities with uh, drugs, with gangs, the likes of which we've never seen before. One of the things we never talk about is a forgotten man. You know, Amity Schles wrote a book on the Great Depression, The Forgotten Man, um, how uh, FDR took from A to give, you know, is A taking from B to give to C. So she, she called B the forgotten man. The American taxpayer is a forgotten man in this entire debate. We, we talk about borders, we talk about walls, we talk about judges, we talk about what sort of violence they are or aren't fleeing, why they're coming, how many of them are violent. What about the American people dealing with, at the very minimum, the poverty and, in the worst cases, uh, the violence? What about them? So this has always been an invasion, but we've become desensitized to it over time um, that somehow you have to litigate everything. Somehow someone could come and stick their fist in the face of a border agent and say, I'm an asylee. Uh, no, you're not. Um, and if we think that we need to change anything in order to protect our sovereignty, we don't deserve to be a sovereign nation. So my hope is that this fact that it's not subtle anymore will finally allow us to wake up to the broader invasion. I think Trump needs to marshal the American people. The strength of the nation needs, needs to give a televised address. He should ask uh, Paul Ryan to invite him to speak before the House, before the budget deadline and lay out his demands and say there is nothing more important than protecting our border. Um, I think he's got a very, very uh, uphill fight because it's not just the Democrats that oppose him on support uh, enforcing that border, and it's not just the Democrats that oppose the border wall. Obviously, we have seen the fact that two years have gone by and we have not yet had a single spending bill that funds the building of a border wall shows that there are enough Republicans who will not vote for it, but they'll argue other reasons for not voting for the bill. Uh, but the bottom line is Mitch McConnell doesn't have a, doesn't have a particular interest in this. Um, he's not going to try to rally and whip up support among six. 60 uh, Republicans, or 60 uh, votes in the Senate, I should say, uh, among Republicans and a few uh, uh, crossover Democrats. So there, there is no chance if we can't, if it's not even one party, excuse me, it's not even one party fighting against the other, Daniel, on this. The members of the president's own party do not believe in this. That's a dirty little secret. I mean, and that's why we said time, time and again, this party is irremediably broken. We should have focused on congressional primaries, on, but unfortunately, a lot of people um, are are we that again at the end of the day you you got to deal with what you have and i certainly certainly sympathize with the president as it relates to the party but he does have two things he has a pen and he has a bully pulpit he has the biggest bully pulpit probably of any president in american history <laughs> maybe since teddy roosevelt but i mean he he uh he commands that that attention he could give endless and he said all this stuff you know loosely before connecting the drugs and the violence and the cost i mean HHS just came out with a report stating that it cost us $80 million just to reunite the people that purposely and willfully divided their own families uh, to, to come and invade us. And somehow the media, instead of paying for it from their own pocket, their virtue signaling cost us $80 million. 
Um, but that dwarfs the cost. That that's a, a fraction of the cost of um, the unfunded liability on the schools and the violence and everything. But you know that's the bully pulpit, and there's the veto pen. The reality is, only eight vetoes, I believe, since Reagan's tenure have been overridden. Um, so that's not a lot, and the president could veto. But, but the, ve- the, the, veto. the veto pen, the veto pen would all it would do is obviously shut the government down temporarily. But, but um, we have a government shutdown. I know, but I don't care about the government shutdown. My point to that was, it, it, it's just gonna, it's just gonna delay, uh, the inevitable, which is in five weeks, Nancy Pelosi takes over. And at that point, we'll never obviously get the border funding wall, or border wall uh, funded. So, uh, how do we, and what's he supposed well, to do? I, if he vetoes well, I, a spending I, I bill on December that. 7th that says, you know, that doesn't fund the border wall, okay, then what though? Because again, the clock keeps ticking and we get closer to well, the Democrat you Congress. Do, look, look, you're never guaranteed success. Um, but you're certainly not going to have success if you don't get on the playing field. And every time we do this, because we, well, we don't have a hundred conservative senators. Well, no, no, the president could only do with what he has. He has a veto pen and he has a bully pulpit. This is the only time he has. And you got to have that fight. Think about being on the other side of this. Think about marshalling a shutdown over the ultimate government shutdown. Which is, again, what is a border, what is a budget bill? It's a reflection of our values. Why do we have a budget? Why do we spend on anything? Why do we have a national government? At its core, the first and foremost responsibility is to protect the sovereignty of all 50 states of the entire union, and that is the border. Um, We need to, and it's not just the border wall, it's more the lawfare. It's the courts, uh, they need to strip courts of jurisdiction. They need to officially clarify what's really clear, but clarify it anyway, asylum and UAC provisions that... um, they're not eligible for that, and, and done, and, and this will end. Um, you got to be able to have that fight. Sure, if Trump shows he's not willing to have a fight on an issue where the American people agree with him on, the Democrats are going to show their bravado. But you got to have the fight. And also, I, I just Look. know one more interesting point about Pelosi. Um, I could give you a contrarian argument that, see, if anything, he'll have a bigger hand to play with Pelosi. Why? Because right now, as you said, he has the problem. His own party is the problem. So on the one hand, he'd kind of look like a fool having a government shutdown when he officially, officially on paper, controls all three branches. But were Pelosi to officially, I mean, right now she unofficially controls the House, so you just make it official, then he can marshal the most unpopular Democrat leader as leverage against a very popular provision. So I think there's, one, okay. there's a card to be played here. I, I don't disagree with that, Daniel. I want to ask you about uh, the war of words between the president and Chief Justice John Roberts, as it pertains, obviously, to the Ninth Circuit and the district judge, who uh, uh, essentially said the president cannot do what the Congress gave him power to do, and that is uh, dictate terms of admission to this country, either as a, an immigrant, a ref- refugee, or as an asylum seeker. But I've I got to get a quick time out for traffic here. If you can hang on with me just a moment, I want to ask you about this. It ties right into your book, uh, Stolen Chief Justice John Roberts Would Have None of It. I want to get your take on that as we continue. Daniel Horowitz, Senior Editor at Conservative Review, right back after this. Thanks, Bob. We have a disabled road. Other than that, our major arteries are moving up to speed and we're accident incident free at this time. 
This report is sponsored by Untuck It. Looking for the perfect holiday look? Get yourself a shirt from Untuck It, the original Untuck It shirt. For all your holiday shopping, today get 25% off at UntuckIt.com and 50 Untuck It stores. David Sprouse, AM 1420. 592. All right, 1022 now. The Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The Answer with Daniel Horowitz, Senior Editor at Conservative Review and the author of a book that deals with exactly what we're seeing right now, and that is judicial activism. It's called Stolen Sovereignty, How to Stop Unelected Judges from Transforming America. Daniel, the uh, judge in San Francisco, Judge Tiger, I think is his, uh, how you pronounce his name, uh, declared that the President of the United States cannot in fact, um, change U.S. asylum laws and declare that anybody who enters the United States illegally does not get the right to claim asylum. Uh, the president, of course, uh, essentially proclaimed that you have to come to a port of entry. If you don't do that, if you rush the border, jump the border, swim the river, or whatever the case might be, you can't do this. He was shot down. Uh, the president, of course, complained about that. Talked about the activist judges and no such thing as Trump judges. The only thing that I would respond, I thought the president was appropriate, but he should have said, really, if there is no such thing as an Obama judge or a Trump judge, then why did the American uh, left and the Democrat Party just try to destroy Brett Kavanaugh? Uh, there's a reason. Uh, can you can you make some sense out of this as it pertains to the actual asylum claims uh, that are being filed and uh, the president's attempt at uh, you know at, at at stopping the the insanity and then the uh, the battle with Roberts. So, so first, I'll, I'll point your listeners to an article I just wrote. Uh, I think I published it yesterday. No judge has jurisdiction to erase our border. Um, it's a long article, and there's so much more to say, but it has the full citations of everything there. You have to remember, um, and the courts have said this for years before they went nuts. The president has his own inherent Article Two executive powers to prevent anyone from coming on our shores if he doesn't want them. That is, even if Congress didn't give the delegated authority, and that's in fact, even like theoretically, let's say Congress would write a law saying anyone who tries to come into the country shall be admitted. The president could block that because they have concurrent jurisdiction before they enter the country and they don't come in. There are no exceptions to that. That is one of the most foundational principles of our government, of our body of case law. Um, And that applies even to override asylum requests. And again, just to be clear, this is not asylum. You you reach a point when asylum, if you read the statute, talking about an individual, when you have tens of thousands, really hundreds of thousands every year flooding from an impoverished country um, just to get it, that, that's not asylum. It's prima facie. What's called prima facie on the face of it, it is not asylum. You don't need to be Amelia Bedelia about it. If someone's invading your country with an army, you don't say, well, you know, you have to put them in front of an immigration judge. Maybe they're asylees. But anyway, putting that aside, mm-hmm. um, there was a Supreme Court case in 1993, and it was actually cited by John Roberts himself in Trump v. Hawaii just a couple months ago when he said, you know, the president has full authority to prevent anyone from coming who he wants. And that was a case where Clinton, and it really started with H.W. Uh, Bush, they created a Coast Guard blockade blocking boats from Haiti from landing on our shores to claim asylum. And they're like, yeah, I mean, it was it was a no-brainer. I mean, they, they said 212F and the president's inherent authority. It wasn't even a question. Um, and that was a unanimous decision written by John Paul Stevens. Um, this judge, of course, didn't even cite that, ignored it, ignored Trump v. Hawaii. Um, also, another important point here is that judges don't decide political issues, certainly don't decide issues of war and peace and sovereignty and foreign commerce. 
um, you need what's called Article Three standing. So, you know, Bob, you damaged my car, so I get standing because, you know, I have the right to sue you. Mm-hmm. Um, how the heck does the ACLU get standing? I'm not kidding you. They filed a brief in this case saying, and I don't have the wording in front of me. It's, it's, it's even funnier if you read the wording. Basically, that because of the new rule, we're going to have to divert our resources um, to understanding the new policy and educating and advising staff clients and prospective clients. And, and that gives them a cognitive, uh, cognitive um, uh, harm to get standing. There is no shred of legitimacy to granting standing. Therefore, it's null and void. Getting back to John Roberts, here's the problem. And God opened the mouth of the donkey. So here we have one lawless lower court judge after another in the very branch of government over which John Roberts should have oversight. Right. And it would be appropriate for him to speak out. And he doesn't say a word about these people violating every legal norm, rules of standing, and 120 years of case law, including stuff he just wrote. In addition, every time the DOJ files an emergency uh, motion to appeal this stuff, he denies it and says, ah, let's wait, let's wait. And, you know, Clarence Thomas is like, what the heck? Why are you doing this? You know, this is insane. Um, and then now suddenly the one time he opens his mouth is against a member of an independent branch of government over which he has no control. This comment from Robert is very revealing and it proves the thesis of my book, that we are not going to fix the court by merely, quote, appointing better judges or a majority on the Supreme Court, because they, what they're going to do is they're too scared to look like they're being political. So they're going narrow while the lower courts are going broad. And the only way to solve this is by publicly educating people that they do not have this power of Congress, stripping their jurisdiction, um, because John Roberts has signaled very clearly that he is going to do everything he can to slow walk these cases and allow irreversible harm to our nation to occur by not overturning them expeditiously. Yeah, and that is exactly what the concern is here. I mean, because, you know, we talk about, well, you know, and the president is right when he says, you know, we'll get to the Supreme Court and we'll win, because eventually after rewriting the travel ban three times, it did get to the Supreme Court, and he won. But, but you know, too late, because uh, how many other people, you know, came into this country from those countries uh, without the proper vetting and so on and so forth? Same thing here. The caravan uh, is going to be, you know, one by one, systematically, they're going to be uh, referred for adjudication of their cases, and they're going to be, you know, caught, as as it were, and released, and, and they're going to be in this country, and by the time Ross allows this thing, this appeal, which is no longer going to be an emergency appeal uh, to reach them, uh, it'll be too late. I mean, yeah, I guess in the future you could say, you know, once they make a ruling, uh, precedent will have been set, and it could have an impact long term. But you know, as far as the ir- irreversible harm, you're right because these individuals, and I don't know how they have um, confirmed this, but at least. 600 was the last number that I heard. 600 of the individuals in this first wave of 5,000 have criminal records in their home country. So they are confirmed criminals, and they are on their way here, and they're going to be released, and they're not going to be found. We're not going to be able to, to track them down. Uh, by the time uh, the Democrats take, take over, we may not even have a body to track them down because they want to abolish ICE. And I know I'm getting off on a tangent there, but that's the, that's how dangerous this is. You could literally track it on a graph. I have a um, a graph out. And my article, Record Border Crossings in October, you could Google it, um, where, where I annotate it by showing different court rulings. And right after we had the whole thing with separation of families, tens of thousands of more families came every single month, and it keeps going up and up. 
irreversible harm based simply off of an opinion that the Supreme Court would never initiate. But nonetheless, they're being very slow to overturn because Roberts is so political. Um, and you really wonder how many others are as well, not unlike Clarence Thomas. It's, it's really kind of a mixed bag with yeah. Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh, depending on the case. We, the, the reality is we do not have a majority of Clarence Thomases. No, sadly we do not. And remember, this Chief Justice is the one who decided that Obamacare was a tax, despite the fact that President Obama said it's not a tax, but it's the only way he could legalize uh, that bill uh, and uh, legitimize it constitutionally. Uh, Daniel Horwitz, uh, tremendous job. I've already read uh, this morning's piece. I still don't know how you crank these out so fast, but Chief Justice Roberts' uh, uh, troubling comment is worse than you think. I'll tweet that out and I'll Facebook that out as well so more people can read it. But Daniel, thanks for breaking it down for us. We always appreciate your time. Speak to you later. Thank you so much, Daniel. Daniel Horowitz joining us on AM 1420 The Answer. It's 1031 News Time. Now, AM 1420 The Answer. Chip. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420 The Answer. You know, I really don't like being redundant on this, but um, I just feel the need to read it again. U.S. Code. 8 U.S. Code. This is U.S. law, period. Uh, U.S. Code. 8 U.S. Code 1182, Section 8, Subsection F. Inadmissible aliens, suspension of entry, or imposition of restrictions by president. Whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or any class of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may, by proclamation, and for such period as he shall deem necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants or impose on the entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem appropriate. This is not ambiguous. This is not negotiable. This is not a, well, but this is about as clear as a law can be written. And that law was written, called the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1952, and added to the U.S. Code by the U.S. Congress. This is statutory law. By statute, the President of the United States makes these calls. And yet, as Daniel pointed out, these, these unelected judges are trying to tell the President, you can't do what the Congress told you you can do. This is, this is not how uh, our representative republic is supposed to work. We have three separate co-equal branches of government, and we have one branch, the judicial branch, which is essentially saying we are more important than either of the other two. We make the rules. We decide the rules. Even if one of the other branches says that the other branch can do whatever it wants, we can say, eh, you don't know what you're talking about. The power, mad leadership, in the U.S. judiciary is simply staggering. 
John Roberts is no better or worse, quite frankly, than, than Chuck Schumer, than Nancy Pelosi. Power, you know, and again, here's a cliche, but absolute power, it does, it corrupts. And John Roberts defending the activist judges in the lower courts, such as the District Court of San Francisco, who literally just made a ruling that defies the ruling that Roberts himself presided over a Supreme Court case a couple of months earlier. And Roberts, instead of saying, whoa, 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 emergency appeal granted, let's hear this here, because we've already decided this. The president makes that call. Instead of doing that, the president or the, uh, the Supreme Court Justice, Chief Justice John Roberts, takes Trump to task for criticizing that judge and the, and the Ninth Circle of Hell, otherwise known as the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals or Ninth Circuit Court. Think about that for a moment. Roberts and Tiger, who is the judge in San Francisco, essentially are saying, ah, the Congress didn't know what it was doing in 1952. They didn't know when they passed that act. They didn't know what they were doing. The president can't just decide on his own. Well, this has been U.S. law for 60 years. This is insanity. The president makes the call. They gave him broad powers. It's called plenary power. That means it is universal. It is not universal. It is um. It is unanimous. It is. It is not shared power. It is not something that requires another law to be passed. He doesn't need the approval of anybody by proclamation. Not by legislation, but by proclamation, he can, for as any period as he deems necessary, suspend the entry of all aliens into this country or impose upon the entry entry of aliens any restrictions he may deem to be appropriate. Well, Trump deemed appropriate that anybody jumping across our border, anybody rushing our ports of entry, anybody uh, breaking our sovereignty and our laws should not get uh, asylum hearings. That's his call and no one else's, and they will not uphold it. And John Roberts, the Chief Justice, will not grant the emergency appeal hearing. President Trump is right. The Ninth Circuit Court is an absolute joke. It is an automatic victory for anybody who files a motion against the president. And it has to be dealt with. It absolutely has to be stopped. The President of the United States has been rendered... You know, useless. He has he has been neutered. He has been told essentially by the ninth, and now upheld, but not by an actual hearing of the court, the Supreme Court, by the Chief Justice publicly commenting on something he has no business commenting on whatsoever. Essentially, has said that uh, the president has no standing. The president cannot exercise his executive authority that was granted to him by Congress and that was conferred upon him when he was elected and inaugurated. This is war. I think another caller used that phrase. It's a war. All right, 216-901-0945 and 888 And sadly, we don't have all of the right people on the right side of that war. Uh, we'll go to the phones. Um, by the way, tomorrow, just a little advance notice, tomorrow, uh, David Ray, 
Federation of American for American Immigration Reform. You want to know where he is right now? He's down there in San Diego. He's down there on the border. I'm assuming he stayed on the American side, but he's down there at the border. He and Fair are going to report live tomorrow from the border, and I will have him on here. 10.05 sharp tomorrow morning. Make sure you are here to hear that conversation. He's going to tell you exactly what happened down there and what continues to happen down there as the hordes of men, some 85 to 90% men in this caravan, and yet somehow they find a woman and two kids to put up in front as the, as the face of the caravan, and that's who uh, the uh, Border Patrol agents fired tear gas at for sport. Uh, we'll get the facts from Dave Ray tomorrow. Let's go to Lakewood and talk to Phil. You are on AM 1420, The Answer. Phil, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, hey Bob, we never tear gas any caravan or migrants, okay? That's nothing but a lie by the mainstream media because the mainstream media told us all along that uh, uh, Trump had lied about the caravan, correct? Well, yes, they... Yes, yeah, they said that during the they said that during the run up to the election that there, there is yeah. no caravan and if there is it's it's a thousand miles away and all caravans eventually disband and this is a made up fear mongering story that the president is telling to try to get votes for his people. Okay, so how could we tear gas a caravan that doesn't exist? Is what I'm trying to say. Well, because that part has been proven obviously <laughs> to be their 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 lies, uh, you know, and it is it's it's it is a shame that they are willing to to you know they, they do they lie during the run-up to the election, Phil, you're exactly right about the threat of the caravan. And now that it's trying to literally break down the border fence that's uh, down there in uh, Tijuana, separating San Diego from Tijuana, uh, now that they're trying to break it down, they don't even acknowledge their previous lies about the caravan's existence or non-existence. They just say, oh, there are peaceful protesters outside of Tijuana or outside the border in Tijuana that the Americans fired tear gas at. Um, so they, they just double down on their, they, they don't double down on the lie. They ignore the last lie and start telling new ones. Well, they owe Trump a big time apology. But hey, Bob, I really appreciate you taking my call. It's been a few years since I talked to you last. You know, because of my tongue issue with the surgery and cancer and all that. But, hey, Merry Christmas to you. I'm still listening out here. I might not call as often as I used to, but, brother, I'm here and I'm back. Phil, I will tell you what, my friend, and, and thank you for the call, and Merry Christmas to you as well. I hope I talk to you again before Christmas, by the way. We still have about a month until then. Phil, for those who don't know, has a bit of a speech problem because he had cancer and he essentially had part of his tongue removed. Uh, and so he speaks, obviously, in a, in a very difficult way and sometimes very difficult to understand. And he has called a few times in the past where I just kind of had to kind of interject and say, let me take it from here because it was too hard to understand. I will tell you this, Phil, you're right. It has been a while since we've spoken. You sound way better. And I don't know if it's just a couple more years of practice and, and trying to enunciate with the, you know, with the, um, uh, difficulty that you have with, uh, with your tongue, but, uh, you, you, you've gotten way better at it. That everything that you said was clear and comprehensible. And, uh, God bless you, my friend. I'm really, really glad to see you're doing well. Uh, let's go to Scott calling us from Fremont on AM 1420, the answer. Scott, good morning. Go ahead, sir. Good morning. I'd like you to consider something. Sure. You know, a lot of people in the media don't write uh, negative articles about uh, Islam and radical Islam because they're afraid, you know, Islam does bad things to people that disagree with them. Well, it seems to me that that uh, there's a, an, an explanation or one explanation as to why our, our congressional uh, stalwarts aren't more uh, 
uh, aggressive towards uh, sealing the border. Aren't isn't it possible that these people have been threatened or or worse yet are being paid to look the other way because the drug cartel is like an octopus. It, it it's everywhere, not only in sales but in 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 the in the. Uh, uh, payoff of officials and so on. We know they're corrupt. Uh, the the drug cartel that is. Isn't it, isn't it even possible that these people that make the laws and enforce the laws in our country are affected by that? Um, I I, I don't I don't ever want to. Go ahead. What else makes What else makes sense? Come on, it, it it can't just be cheap labor. It can't just be. I mean, it, nothing else makes sense. Well, here's the thing. From from the from the uh, first of all, to answer your question directly, I'll say no. It's not impossible. Um, Having said that, um, I I, I would say it's highly unlikely. There is a reason why the Democrats want all of these people here. Congressional lawmakers on the Democrat side want more of these people here. Now you saw the fight, right? That they they're putting up over the census question about whether or not you are a legal uh, resident of the United States or not. I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about Republicans. Oh well, you say you said lawmakers. You said lawmakers. So I thought you meant all, 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 all around. That's okay. Uh, I know why okay. the Democrats want it. I don't understand why the Republicans aren't standing up. And the only thing that makes sense to me is is that there's something worse in store for them if they do stand up to it. Yeah, I, I don't. Because it's, I, I, it's a no-brainer to stand up for the law, isn't it, Bob? Well, it should be, but but I think the 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 thing that you know we forget about sometimes is politics. Um, the, you know what what I started to say about the Democrats, they want as many of those people here as possible because uh, 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 district redistricting and uh, uh, the number of individuals here, whether they're legal or illegal, uh, it affects the number of representatives you get, and that affects the number of votes you have in Congress, and so on and so forth. The Republicans realize the same, and and there are a lot of Republicans who I believe. Uh, you know, are, are, including probably Mitch McConnell, who doesn't want to have this wall built, who simply is thinking about this from the political angle, saying we might not get, uh, 20 or 25 percent of, of the Hispanic voters in this country, but we'll get 5 percent if we look like we hate them. If we look like we are being, if, if we look like, hold on, hold on, I'll let you, I'll let you have the last thought on this uh, after I finish the point. But their their fear is that they're going to lose more of a percentage of the Hispanic vote if they look like they are hostile to Mexicans or people from Latin America, Central America, so on and so forth, the Hispanic or Latino population that are here that are voters. They are concerned, in my my opinion, that they're going to lose them. So I think it's more politics than it is fear of the drug cartel doing something bad to them, or the drug cartels, plural, there are obviously many of them, um, that I think drives a lot of their decision-making. That to, in fact, politics and votes to, you know, they drives most of the decisions that they make in Washington D.C. But that go, doesn't go make ahead. sense. That doesn't make sense. Why? We, we all know. We all know why President Trump was elected two years ago, uh, in large part because of his stand on the border. We also know that in the election a couple of weeks ago, uh, almost all of the Republicans that got their butts whipped were people that were soft on immigration and and that were allergic to their contact with President Trump and supporting him. So I disagree. I, I think. I don't think it's politics. If it was politics, they, Mitch McConnell and the rest of the gang would be out there every day explaining why law and order is so important to the uh, to the longevity of a free republic. But they're not. Well, you heard that. the you heard the report though. You you heard the report though, Scott. Um, that you know in our news, and I talked about it somewhat. And I know there's a lot of reasons why. Uh, as I explained, it's unfair with the media and the way they treat President Trump. But 
at the end of the day, it is what it is. The polls show the president to be very, very unpopular. It wouldn't do you a whole lot of good if you were in Washington, D.C. saying, I'm with him. I'm just like him. Because now you're going to be unpopular, and you're not going to get votes, and you're going to have a you know, high disapproval rating, and it's going to cost you your spot. And that's the thing I think most of these people are afraid of. They don't want to be aligned closely with President Trump, whether it's about the border wall or, or some other things. You know, They'll take credit for being with him on tax reform. They'll take credit for being with him on uh, deregulation. But uh, when it comes overall to, you know, his overall, you know, negative approval rating, I think a lot of them are just afraid to say, yeah, I want a wall, too, just like he does. So what you're saying is they're cowards. Yes, that is exactly okay. what I'm I, saying. I can live with that. They're cowards. They're, they're yeah. cowards, and, they, and they, uh, they have a much higher regard for something else besides their country, don't they? Yes, they do. They, personal self-preservation matters more to them than, than national preservation. Hey, have a good Christmas. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate your call. And I'll tell you the same thing that I just told the previous caller. I hope it's not the last time I hear from you between now and Christmas. We still have a month, a very important. And this month, by the way, cannot be more, <laughs> cannot be more important, obviously, or at least a few weeks of this month, uh, until the, uh, ne- you know, we're five weeks away from the next Congress taking over, from Nancy Pelosi getting control of this whole thing. So this is so extru- extremely important, especially between now and December 7th. That's when that spending bill is due. It's got to be passed. Uh, and if it isn't passed with, Funding for the border security wall. Uh, we are never going to get any funding for the border security wall. Not while Nancy Pelosi is holding the gavel. We'll get more of your phone calls right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks, Bob. We have an accident this morning in Macedonia, 480 westbound before 271. Also an accident, Butternut Road west of Ravenna Road in Burton. Other than that, we're accident incident free on all our major arteries, but we do have slippery roadways out there, so use caution. This report is sponsored by Untuck It. Looking for the perfect holiday look? Get yourself a shirt from Untuck It, the original Untuck It shirt. For all your holiday shopping, today get 25% off at UntuckIt.com and 50 Untuck It stores. David Sprouse, AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, it's Bob France here once again for Kowalski Ford, and these people are truly the finest people that I've ever known in the retail automotive industry. Honestly, at Kowalski Ford, you're going to find out when you go that you're never just a number. You're going to get personal service. They're going to find out what kind of vehicle you really want, what fits your driving style, your lifestyle, your color preferences, your option packages. They're going to find it for you on their lot, and if they can't, they'll search to the ends of the earth to get you exactly what you're looking for. Then they'll give you a great offer on it, uh, and they'll give you plenty of time to make a decision as well. You're never going to be handed off from one department to another with each person trying to sell you an extra package or service just to make more money off of you on the back end. And you're never going to be forced to settle for something on the lot if it's not what you want. That's how you want to shop for a car. That engenders trust. And that's what it's all about at Kowalski Ford. It's truly a no-pressure car dealer. Kowalski Ford. It's in Avon Lake on Lake Road, about one mile west of Route 83. Check it out for yourself. Kowalski Ford. Get them. During one of the uh, commercial breaks this morning, I became aware of a uh, video, a YouTube video, um, that was taken in a school, and I have not found the location of the school, but this is from, uh, this is from, uh, what is the website again? Oh, apologies, I can't seem to find it. Oh, Gateway Pundit. Gateway Pundit is where I found this. Uh, and it's a YouTube video of a classroom being evacuated. Why? Active shooter? 
No. Bomb threat? No. Fight? No. Why was this high school classroom evacuated? Well, because one of the students had a hat on. And that hat was red. And the hat said, MAGA, make America great again. The teacher called the student an a-hole and evacuated the classroom because the student wouldn't take the hat off. Because he wanted to express his political support for making America great again. He was called a bigot, a racist, and by the teacher, an a-hole <laughs> for wearing, uh, wearing that hat. No, they didn't want him to, to take it off simply because there's a no-hat rule in that school. If there's a no-hat policy, which most high schools have, then, then it's not an issue. Take it off because you're not allowed to wear a hat. But the teacher didn't say you're not allowed to wear a hat. He said you're not allowed to wear that hat. I've shared that video on Facebook and on Twitter. Find me there at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores, France Radio. And watch that three-and-a-half-minute video for yourself. By the way, the kid is kind of cocky. He's kind of pompous. But he's trying to make a point, and I give him credit for trying to make the point. And the idea that the teacher had to evacuate the classroom over a hat that he didn't like is simply, well, it's it's 2018 education. That's what it is. Esther in Cleveland is up on AM 1420, The Answer. Esther, good morning. Thanks. That, that news item is almost making me speechless, but I have old and new uh, video audio to mention. It's good reminders regarding hypocrites, liars. And the uh, definition of enemy, which uh, oppositional or injurious, the old, of course, people have probably heard back in 1996, Clinton using the terms illegal aliens, 2012, Obama, 2000, uh, same thing. Yesterday on Prager, though, a new posting, Media Research Center, and I heard the audio. It's maybe 20 different uh, audio, even claiming that the president is lying about the invasion. It's really awesome, about 20. Media Research Center. A new posting. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Esther. I have indeed uh, uh, heard a lot of those. In fact, there was a, there was a shorter segment on it this morning on Fox and Friends, in which they showed uh, a few of those um, claims by the left that the president was lying about the caravan, that the president was overstating the significance of the caravan and the threat that it posed, and it's a thousand miles away, and it's going to disperse before then, and this is all about election, uh, you know, election fear mongering and getting votes and so on and so forth. Well, now that fear mongering is breaking through border fences. Now that fear mongering is attacking border patrol agents with rocks and bottles. Now that fear mongering is 500 of the lead organizers or the lead pack uh, of the uh, 5,000 member caravan trying to rush the U.S. border um, in, in an attempt to uh, essentially say, we don't care about American sovereignty and we also don't care about America. We are coming in. And by the way, that last part should not be glossed over. We don't care about America. I, I, I know I repeat this sometimes, but it, it matters to me. It matters to me as much as anything else about this entire caravan. They aren't coming in waving American flags saying, we love you guys, we want to be like you, we want to be with you. They're coming in waving Honduran flags, which is the flag of the, the country that they say oppresses them and that they need, to, they need asylum and protection from. That part of it is just, um, it's, it's a bridge too far as far as I'm concerned. All right, that's it. That's all the time that we've got. Thanks so much to uh, Daniel Horowitz for joining us. Thanks to you. Thanks to Samuel Lockhart. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Bob Francis Enjoy the silence.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.